Welcome to another HSD podcast series. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, and I'm here with my colleague, Blake Gilman. And this is a really, really special podcast for you today because we just completed our second HSD regional meeting, and we're at Vantage Point in Columbia, Maryland. So the meeting has just com- just ended, and we've asked four of the participants to uh, just stop and have a little conversation with us and talk about the day and talk a little bit about the things we covered today. We covered PDPM, we covered ROPs, we looked at the new triple check process, we looked at sales first, we looked at um, electronic and, and electronic electronic applications for healthcare and devices. So we looked at a little bit of everything all day today. So we are joined by Marcy Koenig, the administrator at the Residence Advantage Point. We are joined by Carrie May, the ADON at the Virginian. Sandy McCormick, MDS from Harrogate, and finally, Connor Marshall, the administrator at Harrogate. So welcome you all, and thank you for taking the opportunity. So um, I just want to start, does anyone, anybody want to just talk about today? You've been here all day, you've been sitting, you've been listening, but you've also been rolling up your sleeves and doing some some real work at your tables. So any impressions from today? Well, um, I am relatively new to LCS. I have not been with LCS for even a year now. Um, and I am just amazed at the amount of um, support and the amount of information that has come forth. It was a tremendous day. There were so many topics that were covered, um, yet I'm walking away from today feeling like I'm more knowledgeable and it's manageable. I feel like it, it's it's a lot to do. We have a lot to do in the communities, but it's manageable. And I feel that with the support of LCS, we're in a pretty good position. I would agree. Um, I'm from the Virginian in Fairfax, and we have recently become part of the LCS community and family back in April. And I would have to say um, the same thing, that um, with the support that we have, it's definitely been eye-opening. And um, just with the new changes coming along with PDPM and becoming a part of this community, we definitely have the confidence to be able to do what seemed a while ago when they first announced PDPM. It, we know that it's doable. We've started working on the primary diagnosis. We've started working on getting the coders. So it was nice to hear what the other communities were doing and where they are in regards to PDPM. Um, and it's also nice to be able to to share and and get feedback um, with ways that we can improve and just, you know, make the overall stay good for um, the people that live there. Wonderful, wonderful. Let me let me throw out a, another question here across the table. So you brought up that primary diagnosis. Um, we talked about primary principal diagnosis all day, and we're going to continue to. So, so Connor, you've been here um, a lot longer. And so just just thinking about that, where do you think the pain points are going to be for you all and for your team in trying to really get there in terms of capturing that diagnosis and working, working with your, um, your medical director and your admitting physicians and the whole process? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing for on my 
on my part, being the administrator, is just the education piece uh, with the whole team. First of all, it was nice to have everyone here. Um, I had my director of nursing, assistant director of nursing, MDS coordinator, and my admissions coordinator here as well. So, you know, you have the, a hectic day going on at work, and although you're doing these webinars, you don't really get to sit down together and kind of game plan, how are we going to tackle this come October 1st? So as far as the primary diagnoses go, I know that. So we watch your webinars, and it seems like I get 100 different emails from you every day, Laura. So um, you think that you miss them, but um, kind of going to the Team TSI tools that are available, Available to us. Today was the first day that we really got to sit down as a team and learn what those tools are. And for the primary diagnoses, you know, we're seeing scenarios where for PDPM, we're having some residents right now, their primary diagnosis, we wouldn't get paid for it. So it's how are we kind of analyzing that resident because we know our residents very well. And we had some good conversation about, you know, does this resident actually have this diagnosis from the other supporting diagnoses? Um, so just kind of some good feedback between the team where we're able to kind of brainstorm and be creative using those different team TSI tools as to what we should be using in the future. And then we would be bringing the medical director into that because, you know, they have a big say in it as well. So let's, uh, let's talk a minute about the medical director. How, how difficult do you think it is for that transition? Because this is really new and, and we're asking that medical director now, or the system that we're going to be in is asking that medical director to sit a lot closer to us and tighter to us. Not that they haven't, but in, in the determination of what our reimbursement's going to be and the care we're going to pro- be providing to residents effective on October 1st, that's going to be a big change. And, and, you know, we may or may not see some resistance from some of the physicians, and we really want to help them to partner with us. Yeah, I think we're going to have, um, I think we're going to learn a lot about our medical director and our physicians over the course of the next few months or so to see how much of a team player they are. Um, I can speak for Harrogate. We have a great relationship with our medical director, and he's always willing to help us. Um, And he sees our residents in the hospital. Most of our residents come from the independent living section, which is nice because we know a bit about them going in, and so does the medical director. Um, But yeah, just kind of repeating what I said, I think it's going to be, we're going to learn a lot about whether the medical director is willing to work, because I know not every doctor is willing to take the time to learn how to use these new processes. And I just feel like it's um, actually a, a good transition that we're hyper aware of what the diagnosis are because it's going to benefit our patients more because then I feel like we're we're more in tune to exactly what's going on with them. So I, I think it's actually a good thing that we have to really be in collaboration with the, the physician to be on top of the diagnosis. What we're seeing is what they're seeing because, you know, he may not be aware of maybe something that we see. So we collaborate with him. And I think it's a good way for all of us to pull together and our patients will really benefit from it. So I think it's a good thing. Well, I was going to say with our medical director, um, we're very, very good at collaborating and speaking anyways. Um, There come times where I feel that doctors sometimes rely more on the staff that's in-house 24-7 to come to them and say, this is what we see. If we're educated enough to educate the educator, I think that um, over time they will be fine with just, you know, listening to us and um, sitting with us and 
once we explain the rationale and the reasons for why we need particular diagnosis and what we find, and they see that we're confident enough in what we're saying, that they won't have problems with that. So when you guys think about the day, um, and you think about opportunities and hurdles or challenges, um, let, maybe let's go around, guys, give us maybe one, one of the biggest opportunities you see and one of the biggest challenges that you see. Um, when I think about the day, again, it was so much wonderful information, and I think all in all here at Vantage Point, we are in pretty good shape. Um, I think when um, when I think about um, the final rule and phase three, because we talked quite a bit about that, I feel confident that there's a lot that we are already doing, that we already have in place, in particular related to our process that we use for QAPI, for example. Example. I think we're we're um, I think we're ahead of the curve there, and we're we're in pretty good shape. Um, I do think that there's opportunities again with the uh, um, phase three in relation to our governing entity, which for us is our board. We do have a, a an engaged board. However, we need to do our due diligence in involving them in the ways that they're required to be involved, particularly more information as it relates to um, the compliance and QAPI and really just making sure we're we're providing them the opportunity to be engaged in those areas. Um, the other area, again, in relation to final rule that I think is um, an area we need to focus on is um, managing the performance, particularly um, the individual competencies of our staff. And I do not worry, but I just do think that that's an area that we're going to have to focus on putting systems in place really to make sure that we're, 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 we get to know our employees and we're working with them and we're identifying um, their strengths and their areas where they need to grow and highlighting and providing them the support that they need. I think as you you wanted us to compare like a challenge and I think a challenge would be is we're so comfortable in already our ways of how we're doing things. Um, so it, it's always hard to break away from what we're comfortable with. But I, I do see it as an opportunity to um, to grow for us to um, better look at our residents and be better focused on them and better come together as, as a team because we really, really have to work together as a good team. So I think it's a nice opportunity. We'll, we'll be challenged with it that it's a change, but it's an opportunity to really come together for the, you know, the benefit of our, our residents. Yeah, I agree with you, Sandy. One of the things that I'm excited about is being able to kind of you know, you're getting credit for the residents that you're taking care of. It's no longer going to be therapy-based for PDPM. You're truly taking all of their characteristics into play. Um, shout out to nursing. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a bigger revenue generator for us in the health center. Um, and then one of the areas I think we have some opportunity, as probably the rest of the country, is trying to figure out how to increase occupancy in the health centers. Um, people aren't going to skilled nursing quite like they used to. A lot of them are going home. So it's um, the quote, Cindy Nelson, how do you separate yourself from the sea of sameness? And I think that's a question we're still trying to figure out ourselves. 
Well, I was going to say that an opportunity that we're looking at is, of course, to assist with PDPM is going back to nursing 101 and going back to the documentation, having to really analyze the the resident um, as a whole and put it put that picture of what we're seeing and what we're doing into writing, um, as well as letting the nurses be nurses again, giving we can find the time to give them time to care for the resident the way that they need to. Um, another opportunity we can have is to reduce rehospitalization rates. Um, that's something that I know everybody is going to be striving very, very hard um, going forward and just making sure that not only are we getting that resident in, taking care of them, but getting them a safe discharge home and keeping them home and giving them the tools that they need to stay at home Um, or to be able to make the decision of, I'm not feeling 100%. Is this the time that I do need to go to the hospital or I do need to go back to um, the skilled nursing facility? Um, I think that we're definitely shining when it comes to getting ready for phase three. We've a lot of the points that you touched on today. It was it was made me very very happy to to say kind of check those boxes already about what the things that we're working for, but um, also knowing what we need to tweak and and kind of add a little bit before survey comes. So I want to thank everyone today, Blake, and I want to thank everyone and thank you all for taking the time afterwards just to chat about this. Um, I think I can speak for both me and Blake when I say, you know, we've had a really good day. Um, we thank you all for the participation because you really did roll up your sleeves and you did a lot of work today. Um, and, and I'm hearing that it really took you to the next step from a PDPM perspective. I think everybody's in a little different space with, with the ROPs and, and we've got a lot a lot of work to do. Or should I say, you guys have a lot of work to do. Really, you have a lot of work to do. So, you know, hats off to all of you for for moving this forward um, and moving it forward with a really positive attitude. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the ROPs are the ROPs and and that we're done, we'll be done with phase three and this will just be how we operate. But PDPM does have the opportunity to allow us to care for that whole person and get, <clears throat> excuse me, rewarded and reimbursed for caring for that whole person and really then addressing the needs and looking at more positive outcomes. So, so I want to thank you all today and uh, everyone have safe travels back. Thank you. Legal disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.